Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. Another part of Lato State have urged the state... Current political news around you. Critically analyzed and brutally discussed to keep you informed. Politics and how leaders have no, been... No, I said they should show I'm coming. I say I didn't They don't that. have. They don't have. Okay, I which I know they will not show you because they don't have. There is anthropological incline that is conjured with a lot of religion and social classes that is causing all of this. But I will say this clearly. Politics or politicians in code takes advantage of the situation. But it Join Ponsak Fanap and Gilbert Joseph on Nigeria at Sunset, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on J11.9 FM as we discuss political issues that affect our daily lives. And welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jones. My name is Ponsak Fanam. Gilbert is here. Good evening and how's it going? How's your day? Yeah, I, have, I had a great day, Ponsak. Um, yeah, by every standard, it was an exciting day overall. So um, good again, we're here. Good evening. And how is the cold treating you? Well, the cold is terrible for me. Today is 11th of January 2023. Really terrible yesterday. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I still have, you know, sore throat. So, uh, and for me, I don't know how my. I have a very funny body system. It's small things that pin me down, you know, and not the big things, but small things just, you know, pin me down. And I'll start feeling really, really terrible. But uh, it's the weather, so you have to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. It's dusty right now, a lot of bacteria fly in the air, so you have to protect yourself well Gilbert uh, what stories have you been following today yeah monitoring developing stories basically and uh, that consists of you know uh, the PDP affairs because yesterday they kick started their campaigns um, you know in Shandam which we spoke about here and then um, part of the unfortunate um, incident that happened there. But I think there's a positive side to it, and that's the fact that the governorship candidate has been able to pay a visit mm. to those um, victims of the road accident. Um, I think th- that's worthy of commendation. Um, and also, yes, pledge to support them. Yeah, the families, yeah, yeah, true, true. So um, that, that shows you that despite the fulfillment of that obligation, somewhere in his mind he had these victims and then eventually the first thing he did upon his return to Joss was to pay them a visit at the hospital and he was wishing them a quick recovery again. So that's that's a really good thing. Yeah. You know, uh, I know Barrister Kalem Munfang, you know, uh, closely, not so, so closely, mm-hmm. but I know him like, I've known him since two, 2014. Interesting. And I've heard some of his ideas, especially for society, uh, he has presented papers, I think, in three places that I've, you know, attended. attended. Yeah. One thing that I will say is that, and this is not uh, a campaign for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying my own story, and mm-hmm. everybody has the right to say their own story. He's a human being that is full of empathy. 
you know he's you know what empathy is he feels the pain you know that people feel that is you know uh, the person barrister Caleb Munfa going by his intellect number one what he has I mean during the paper presentation mm-hmm. uh, and it was one was a youth gathering one was a uh, leaders you know gathering and the other was entirely academic you know gathering and uh, but at the core of all of his intellectual uh, persuasions is empathy. And uh, and this is where a leader should be, basically, you know, personally, you know. Uh, because yesterday, I mean, came back from Shandam, instead of for him to rest, tomorrow is uh, just, I think, Platuno. Yeah, Platuno. Uh-huh. And then he's uh, duty, you know, visiting and even pledging support. Uh, so it shows that uh, he's a really a human being. Uh, that is that has empathy towards you know other human beings, but I would like to read what um, how Abraham uh, Yiljap, the director at Tikwa Okowa, captured it. Very interesting. He's someone that I, I love his writing, very simple, and even his uh, oratory. He said, "Okay, he said Mutfang will not disappoint." Quoting Jang, <laughs> "Do not allow APC kill our democracy." Mutfang, Plateau. Under APC, like divisional headquarters, Kwande. So I mean, if you and the story is very very short. It captures captured what happened, uh, you know. There, it shows that the PDP maybe they are ready. Uh, they are ready because uh, uh, Baba Jan as lead of the party, you know, was in, fully on the ground. Of course, he was fully on ground. And and, to to uh, add that, that, I Kwande. think what what I did picture from that event that I kind of find scary is. Uh, the defection of those over 17,000 um, APC p- faithful to the PDP. Uh, you, you look at that stronghold, you look at that um, part of the state, and then you begin to ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, um, where exactly should be the stronghold of the ruling party? Mm-hmm. And then when you have this number of people trooping um, uh, to, to crisscross, should I use that word, to the main opposition party, it should be something that is sending shivers down their spine. And let's just see the sort of strategy that the ruling APC adopts. Because um, from all indication, and being on this job, you'd agree that the PDP isn't out to joke. And going by the indices that are on the ground, they are making the most they can from those. So um, let's see what the other side of the divide presents to the people. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, you've said rightly. The PDP seems to have their, you know, house in order. And the seventeen thousand, like you rightly mentioned in Shanam yesterday, uh, I mean, it's something that to. Uh, but again, we don't know if the PDP inflated the figures of the decampees or those who decamp because uh, it's politics, and they would like to intimidate, <laughs> you know, uh, the ruling party to make them feel ah, seventeen people. Uh, but we don't know. But uh, one thing that. Um, the PDP, if you observe, is unity, you know, in the party. Jang, uh, Kwande, and you know, Mutfang, and all of these people. But good to hear, sir. Uh, it seems that they are very united, you know, at the end of the day to take over power uh, from the ruling party. And, uh, well, if, if you look at the f- tactics of the APC, especially uh, because the APC, there's a presumption that the Plateau North senatorial 
uh, zone or Plateau North Central District, District is PDP, is the stronghold of the, the PDP. Uh, PDP. And so you look at what they did, you know, uh, Pam Bodman mm-hmm. is from Zawang. Trying Zawang's. to infiltrate the ranks. Yeah, Pam Bodman is from Zawang. Zawang District is in uh, just south. Mm-hmm. And then Ambassador Chris Giwa, uh, the uh, flag bearer of the APC in um, for the senatorial seat. is from Kuru, and then uh, Rufus Bature, you know, the chairman of the uh, APC, who is from Barkeladi. Yeah. So you look at, you know, all of their tactics wanting to... Uh, it's only, I think, Riom, they don't have... You know, a strong, a except prominent. for the commission, mm-hmm. a commissioner for which, which is uh, an entitlement. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. statutory, and then the chairman of that local government, uh, who I would say chicken out when he was contesting to become senator. Uh, well, so if you look at all of these tact- uh, tactics, especially the ruling party and the opposition party, it's very, very interesting to look at uh, the dynamics. You know, uh, they are in. And what are, st- what are the stories again? Yeah, I think it has got to do with the thinking cap of the Ashwaju campaign DJ. Uh, this is where his, um, his um, serviness, political serviness would come to bear. Um, going by reports, um, they do know from an inside um, perspective that the campaign seemed to be experiencing some sort of cracks. And that's the report we're getting, you know, um, from the national level. And the fact that they are even having to mute the idea of holding talks with smaller parties to see how they could adopt their candidate going into this election. All this tell you that, um, hey, there's something um, that's not absolutely right with. Like we spoke about yesterday here, the campaigns... Um, the sort of campaign the president led for the APC in Adamawa State had a lot of questions, and we have continued to. I would continue to, as a person, you know, read meanings into that each every moment, each and every moment that I have um, got the chance to go back to that, um, you know, experience, and then try to make out the sort of meanings that I can. But um, it's politics. It's politics. Let's see where all of these leaders going into the twenty fifth of February. Sure thing. Well, uh, I think we have a guest, so we should just uh, start a conversation with the guest. Uh, we have, I don't know, but barista, barista <laughs> Dagom Dang, barista doctor. Uh, well, let me let me let me keep it then, because you know, if if Doctor Dagom Dang will have the title pastor, I think he's going to complete. He's going to be a complete Nigerian because you can say doctor, you can say barrister, you can say pastor, uh, you can say economist, and you still you know uh, serve as his uh, protocol. Well, happy New Year! Thank you very much for yeah, coming. Yeah, happy happy New Year and thank you, uh, th- thank you for having me. Well, and it was a great time. Uh, yeah. I heard you talking about uh, the political environment in Plateau State. Were you at Shandam yesterday? No, I wasn't in Shandam, okay. but tomorrow I'll be in, I'll be in Plateau. Langfield, okay. Langfield, Lang- okay. So because I know at some point in time he was being touted to uh, be the running mate of uh, Barista Caleb Mutfang, but well, and I, the and calculation. I, and I believe, I believe in the man. Okay. I, I also <laughs> believe in his deputy. Okay, okay. It's a good combination. Okay, I thought and it I was a rivalry, you know, for you. Maybe not now at you all. start not uh, a, not, they not have your all. blessings. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Yeah. I agree to uh, hear that you like to collaborate instead of confront. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. I, I believe in them and I believe in their ability. And, so, and you know that this, this time around we're going to see leadership. You know, what is lacking in Plateau State is leadership. What is lacking in Nigeria is leadership. Uh, you know, unlike the less fair leadership we're having in Plateau State, that every 
uh, unit is trying to do its uh, its own bid, and then we are ravaged with optimality instead of instead of us to achieve the state objective, we're achieving different objectives in which we don't have one uh, thing that we're pursuing in this state because uh, in this state because the the leader has left the state, you know, to 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 his subordinates, and uh, he cannot lead from outside at all. So, okay. uh, uh, Barista, uh, Barista Caleb Mutfang is coming in with that to give us leadership. Well, uh, let's go. You, you talked about last affair leadership over the last eight years right now. Has our money been managed judiciously as someone who deals with money? And I mean, you're thinking figures and numbers, basically, if I would say. But has our common patrimony been managed in such a way that uh, if you look at the books, you say, ah, this is justifiable. <laughs> so um, I think uh, your question is deep and uh, I have uh, statistics, serious statistics, because I, I'm a finance person, and I like talking with uh, facts and figures. Um, I can analyze this government, and then definitely if you're analyzing, sometimes you can have a, uh, a base parameter that you analyze with. I can analyze this government and base it with Jiang administration, and then I think I have a, a, a very good uh, analysis to see whether who is managing the fund or who is not managing the fund. We are in a political era. And you know that uh, what I would like to note about is that Caleb Mutfang uh, has a mentor in Jiang, and uh, 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 Dr. Nantawe has a mentor in Lalong. So what I would like to note, whether I, and I don't think uh, Caleb is run, running away from uh, Jiang's uh, achievements. Well, it's a good philosophy. Yeah, very good. But uh, I feel that Nantawe is running away from Lalong. So it means that, uh, you know, where, the, where he's taken from, uh, where he's presumed to take from. Yeah, but Governor not, Lalong is not leprous in, in any way. Wouldn't you agree with me? Sorry? Governor Lalong is not leprous, you know, in the sense that uh, he has done his bit. And, uh, he has done his and bit. Dr. Nentawe has openly said during the bit Gamay Day in Shandam that I will continue with the legacies, good legacies of Governor Simon Baku Lalong. So he's not shying away, you know. Uh, that's what he said. I'm yeah, not that is what he just recently. But you know that whenever he's been confronted with the achievement of this government, he he runs away from looking at it. But I think he has to own up because we have a lot of uh, debt, we have a lot of uh, financial uh, mismanagement. Uh, so if I will go into that, I'll please, tell please, you, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I'll, you see, basically, you see, as of today, um, our uh, uh, total debt per capita. As of today, our popular, uh, 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 total debt per capita, each person in Plateau State is owing about 34,000 naira. <laughs> For the 4 million Plateau people? <laughs> of course. Because our debt profile is Including about, me? Including you, of I course. I don't chop money now. <laughs> but then chop on your behalf. <laughs> so 34,000? 30, uh, 34,000. Wow. So that is, that, is the, that is our exposure to the debt risks we're facing today. Both internal and external debt? Both internal and external. When okay. you combine and you divide it by the number of uh, persons in, in, in Plateau State, that's the per capita uh, debt, that, that per capita that we're having as of today. Uh, so that is, and this, that, this, this, is, this is not from me. This is from even an external body, which is the budget. Okay. That is from their report uh, that uh, states, uh, State of States, in Nigeria, report, yeah. 2022, from their report. So it's clearly showing that uh, we have a very huge debt burden. And if you want to take it from where they came from, that is in 2015, uh, they inherited a debt uh, profile of about 104 billion naira. Yeah. Very good. So we are now approaching 200 billion naira. 
Yeah, but uh, Mutfang said that it's over 200 when he met with the uh, journalist at NUJ Secretariat. He said, I think it's over or about like, but I forgot. About, about 200 billion. But around that figure, yeah. We have, about, uh, we have about 160, 170 domestic debt. And then when you convert the dollars, which is the dollars is about $35.68 million, when you convert it to Naira, you, you'll be moving around uh, 29 to 30. So when you sum up everything, you're about, you get about uh, that $200 uh, billion uh, Naira, our debt. Uh, this thing. And uh, no wonder we are, we, are, we are ranked 36th out of 36 states uh, on our debt sustainability ranking. Out of 36, we're, 36 what, we're the last. What does it mean, debt uh, sustainability, sustainability ranking? ranking? It means that what we are generating as revenue cannot really cover what we are paying and what we are servicing. What we're, what we're paying, that's the principal amount of the debt mm. and servicing of the debt. So that is one parameter. So what we're generating as revenue cannot really cover. Okay. But if you allow me to take you a little back, I mean, a uh, finance expert like you will say, you know, taking loans and debt isn't a bad thing, but it's in the usage. So you're saying that uh, debt per capita in Plato is about 34000 but if I ask, what has government done for me, for example, f- to warrant you know, that kind of debt? I don't have good public infrastructure. There are no schools, roads, you know, hospitals, and things like that. Where did the money go? So this is the question, a very good, very good question. You see, like, um, if you're borrowing and you're injecting, and you're injecting the money you borrowed in uh, goods... Uh, public uh, venture, so to say, uh, then definitely the multiplier effect would definitely touch you as an individual. For instance, uh, we are saying that collecting debt is not bad. But basically, like most empirical studies will tell you that when you collect a debt, invest it on infrastructure, that the next generation will be able to not benefit from it. But if I find that the way that debts are being collected in this country we are trying to eat up to the next generation revenue that they're going to generate because you're going to pay in future. If you're collecting that, you're paying in future. Mm-hmm. So, and you can see that is why I, sometimes I cannot really add up when somebody's campaign is saying next generation next or whatever, mm-hmm. but his principal is busy eating up the next generation uh, revenue without them having those enabling environment or those infrastructure that they'll be able to now have that multiply effect in investing in the private sector. Because whatever you're doing is you're providing the enabling business environment for the private sector to thrive. So if you don't, if you borrow, invest it in infrastructure that will now make roads accessible to where that, that, that we ease, that we ease, uh, ease up the supply chain of goods and services. Uh, so, but if you borrow and you spend it on recurrent expenditure, overheads, on the frivolous uh, issues like traveling here and there, saying that you're trying to attract investors that you cannot even attract a single investor because as statistics have it from the uh, budget report, the, the state of states, no any capital uh, inflow. Uh, inflow so, Pla- so Plato is a bad state to invest. Not bad state to invest. Probably the government couldn't invest money that they got, whether from their uh, uh, statutory allocation or from debt collection. Yeah, yeah, but, but help me to, to provide that enabling environment to to bring in funds from outside. Yeah, but you uh, cannot tell me that Plato has more security challenge than Kaduna. 
No, but I, I, that, that's where I was going because the uh, governor will always say that he has done something laudable, which is very true. Peace building agency. Uh, it has uh, mediated dialogue, you know, among warring community. So one would expect that, uh, as the saying goes, meaningful development cannot happen in a, in a conflict-ridden, you know, society. Why is Plato, you know, poor, so to say? You know, I just gave you one reason. I said, yeah, when you're talking about issue of uh, insecurity, I don't think we are, our state is uh, more insecure than other states. I'll give you a very good example, Kaduna. Uh, you find that uh, sometimes I even uh, uh, give a joke. I said that the kidnappers, the kidnappers in Plateau State are more lenient than the kidnappers in Kaduna. So you find that uh, that can easily scare investors into Kaduna. But Kaduna was able to really bring in capital inflow from outside, seriously, uh, for the past years. But Plateau is still new, and uh, we are ranking you know, behind on that. Uh, so uh, as I said, I want to really analyze this government against the former government. Um, basically, I want to analyze um, the, 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 the four tenors, two tenors of Jang and two tenors of Lalong. You see, in the first tenor of Jang, the average federal allocation collected by this state was about 22.8 billion naira. And the second tenor of Jang, it was about 41.5 billion naira. Lalong's, Lalong's first tenor, the average federation allocation that we got was about 28.1 billion naira. Then the second tenor of Lalong, um, averagely, is about 51.5 billion naira. Which is enough to uh, settle the debt. Of course. No, they, they, I'll, I'll come back to the debt side, you understand. So the capital receipts, non-debt capital receipts, that is from VAT, VAT, and some other things. It's about, if it's 6.1 billion, that is for first tenor of Jiang. And 62.62 uh, billion, the second tenor of Jang. Then first tenor of Lalong, uh, 52 billion. Then second tenor about 57.1 billion. But the debt capital receipts for Jang first tenor about 17.8 billion. For the second tenor, 23.2 billion. For Lalong, it came down to 14.2 billion. But it went up in the second tenor to about 25.4 billion. I'm bringing out this so that Plato people will now see what we've collected as revenue for this period. Uh, I've not even gone into IGR, because IGR, yes, Jang had uh, average of about 7 billion to 8 billion uh, for the eight years, but Lanong has average of about uh, 12 to 13 billion, uh, but although there are some outliers, uh, for instance, like the, uh, the, 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 the audit liability from federal MDAs that uh, we collected, uh, you know, the past three years, that has really uh, showed up our, our IGR. So, but I'm reading out this statistic so that Plato people will now know what we've received by the two administrations and let them compare with what they are seeing on ground. What has Jang done with his own money? And what has Lanong done with his own money? No, public money instead of, it's not their money, but it's public. If public Jang, you money know, gave collect- public money to public, well, I would say uh, he has done well. Yeah, what, what, what the regime, okay. Lalong's regime and Jang's regime, what did they do with their money? The money they, they collected uh, from different sources of uh, 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 getting revenue for the state. So you find that they had almost same amount. But when you see the hand of Jang in Plateau State, you now know that he utilized that money. So when you see the resource mobilization of uh, 
along and you see what is on ground, then you definitely know that the difference is very clear. I'll give you one very good example. You see, like this uh, overhead, um, this flyover at, uh, at Sector Junction, mm. that flyover for Jan, he didn't borrow. And the cost of that project was about five billion naira. And not only the bridge, including the roads. I know there were some other variations. Variations, yeah. Good. And then he didn't collect no, he didn't collect any loan. So but the cost of the flyover at British America, you know, you know that is about thirteen billion. And uh, that is being financed by by Access Bank, in which we're paying for those things. La Long Legacy Project. Yeah, let's talk about that. La Long Legacy Project is a loan that has been collected. They call it 2LP, La Long Legacy Project. And serious interest is being paid on that. Uh, as of today, what is being paid as interest on La Long Legacy Project is about 4.5 billion naira. As at 2021, that's what we paid for La Long Legacy Project. And then we've not started enjoying the Lalon Legacy Project. You see, if you're collecting that, sometimes you have to negotiate, including the moratorium. What am I saying? You don't collect a loan, and then the next month they will start deducting without you finishing that particular uh, infrastructure that you've borrowed to finance, and then deduction will start. You can see the LLP up till this moment. I don't think there's any of the Lalon Legacy Project that uh, is, is, is being put in use, but we've started paying long time ago. Like even the Access Bank uh, contract financing that has been carried out the at British, uh, America, British America, we've started paying already. And you can see the civil servants are getting the brunt of that uh, 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 failed financial planning of the state. Because if at all you've planned very, very well, the civil servants shouldn't be suffering because you're paying uh, debts. So there are a lot of things. And in fact, our debt, prof- our, our, our debt profile, as of today, as I said, is almost $200 billion. But the servicing of this debt is almost $16 billion every year that we service this debt. So you can see... And what is our is. IGR? IGR, uh, IGR can barely meet up with even servicing of the loan, which is our IGR. Uh, you know, last year we ended up at $21 uh, billion, $21.something billion. But... Mind you, I said we have an outlier in which a box sum came in last year, about $5 billion from uh, audit. Yeah, from the audit that was conducted. So, uh, you know, the Personal Income Tax Act 2011 has provided that uh, states can get their money after audit from the Office of the Accountant General. So the Office of the Accountant General has helped almost all the states to, 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 to get uh, what... Uh, they are yeah, you you spoke the... about you know all of these things uh, as a layman that I am you know is how your surrounding is like Governor Lalong doesn't know the right people you you know to place in the right position is it that we lack human resource and technocrat uh, because this mistake you know that he has done will affect my life and your life uh, before you know. Uh, we get to recover, for example, and look at uh, the poverty per capita. In Plato State is one of the poorest states in, in, in Nigeria, despite the huge potentials that we have in mining, tourism, and whatnot. Is it that we lack human resource to run our society or that uh, maybe the leadership doesn't know the right 
uh, the square, the round peg in a round hole. We have the human capital to man, uh, you know, government. But you see, there's one thing that if it is lacking, you know that definitely uh, you'll never get it right. And that particular thing is coordination. And coordination is provided by leadership. I'm still emphasizing on leadership. If you don't give the needed leadership, those experts that are manning different agencies will definitely pursue their own objective. And that's what we call optimality. Rather than pursuing the state objective, because there's no leadership, and that is what is happening today. And that is why I love the campaign of Barista Caleb Mufan. He is saying that he's going to provide leadership, coordination. And that man, you know, he's a corporate lawyer, so he knows the figures, and he knows the corporate world. So I believe that this man is going to give the needed leadership uh, to really uh, implement the policies that his government would definitely come up with. And, you know, for every policy, there are three frameworks to it. The policy framework itself, the legal framework in which he's conversant with that, mm. and the institutional framework that is also conversant because he has, he's, he's, a, he's a private sector player and a public sector player. He has experience in both sectors. And you know that the driving sector of the economy is the private sector. He knows what is being played in the private sector. So uh, trying to now manage the economy that will definitely stimulate growth through the private sector, I believe that the man is going to do that. I think today I'm sounding political because I think uh, uh, basically yeah, we are in I, a- I, We don't know. Uh, maybe you have hidden data or because... For me, I would love to hear the things in numbers and figures so that I can be able to say, okay, uh, this was the projection when Dr. Dagon. But uh, Gilbert will take the next round of questioning. Yeah, so basically, what are some of the economic policies that you've been impressed with um, by the administration, if there are any that you do know? Because um, I've, I've been thinking, right, um, we're short of industries to say, and under this administration, I'm yet to see a booming sector where, for example, I can say the youths have been given a sense of belonging in terms of employment and all that. If there's any you're privy to? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I'll still talk about the issue of lack of leadership. I will tell you that uh, a good, there are a number of good policies that this government was able to now bring out that I believe that um, Caleb Mutfan will come and see those policies on ground and then he's going to take advantage of them. Um, you see, first of all, you know, we have the PPP agency, in which it has, been, it has been established by the PPP law. So it's a very good one. Private public, um, public private public, partnership. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we have the uh, infrastructure uh, regulation and promotion agency. So in which it is the agency that is saddled with the responsibility of trying to now see how they can bring in investors to invest in public goods. Uh, so it's a laudable one. So, but lack of leadership is making us not to achieve that. Secondly, um, you know, the, although it started, uh, this particular policy started by the Jiang's administration, the issue of one-stop investment center, a one-stop uh, investment center that uh, this government was able to uh, implement that, and we have the Plateau State one-stop investment center, and that particular center is expected to. Um, provide that environment or information that investors can come in and invest in the private sector. So, which is good that I believe that the next... Has that been maximized? Um, 
you see, even those things are being maximized through international development partners. GIZ has been a partner of Plateau State Government to bring out some of those policies. Like there's the one that I was even involved in is uh, uh, the, uh, the Plateau State Monitoring and Evaluation Policy. Uh, that is to institutionalize monitoring and evaluation in Plateau State, in which GIZ has championed that. The PSOSIC is GIZ too. So there are lots of policies that the international development partner, which is the German uh, uh, development partner, which is GIZ, has really uh, helped or supported the Plateau State to come up with. Leaving the government because we don't have leadership in the state, then definitely those things wouldn't have been achieved. So there are people down there that are knowledgeable, that can give the uh, expert uh, uh, judgment or expert recommendations uh, recommendations uh, that definitely to move the state forward, but because the person we have on the top cannot really decipher what is being said to you. I don't know because he doesn't even stay in the state. To even, I don't think he reads files. Uh, sorry to say that, but I don't think so. The way he, sometimes, like he's just being briefed, you know, orally, not really dissecting files given to him because he's not always. I don't think they follow him with even files. So. We don't have leadership in the state, and that is why those modest policies or those modest Sorry, laws. Sorry, in, in that in that light, now, how, what do you make of the state executive council meetings? Because, um, like you rightly pointed out, if he's not on ground, then um, I'm afraid he wouldn't get firsthand what the cabinet personalities are saying. Um, what do you make of that? Or there's some form of confidence on even if it's the deputy governor who is sitting in charge of those meetings or whoever, just whoever is in charge of them. You see, like, um, if three of us are on the same level and we are saddled with the responsibility of, of bringing out uh, policies, we argue the three of us. If we don't have someone that is ahead of us that will be able to now settle the argument, then definitely we'll continue arguing and we cannot achieve anything. Because from this agency of government, I am pursuing my own objective. From the other one, so there's no goal congruence. And that is why leadership comes in. So what they are having, I, can't, I interacted with, in fact, I've interacted with a number of people in this government. You know that, yes, we have brains in the government, but we have some that definitely, you know, that they have nothing to offer. But those ones who have something to offer, the governor is not really supporting them. So that is where, that is the vacuum that has been created. They have been sidelined? Yeah. So let's look at the workforce, the civil service labor. Um, is there a need for more hands in the civil service? Or you think it's just one of those um, attempts at scoring political points? And to what extent does the state need more hands in terms of productivity in the area of the civil service? When you talk of number of the civil servants, in which the state civil service, I think, has about 18,000 workers. So they're trying to employ now. Uh, But in any case, sometimes when they're trying to employ, I ask, what are the 18,000 doing? And what is it that they cannot do that you're trying to employ so that they can do? What am I saying? If you don't analyze, if you don't do job analysis based on the number of the existing employees you have, you cannot know the job that is left out there you're trying to employ for someone to do. 
And that's the problem we're facing. So, and then again, what is the productivity? Because you must generate by, you must generate, uh, you know, uh, f- uh, by the the, the, the the current workforce must generate in a way that they can expand and employ more people. Today, we're spending almost $27 billion on personnel costs. So what it means is that our IGR cannot even settle personnel costs of about $27 billion every month. Our uh, 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 IGR can barely even settle the debt servicing, that is the interest on the facilities we've been collecting. Now we are employing. Do you know that, uh, I mean, looking at the statistics on state's ability to cover all operating expenses and loan repayment obligations with total revenue, that is adding statutory allocation, IGR, 18 grand, we are 35 in the whole country, 35. So we came 35th out of 36 states. So what it means is that what we're generating from all sources cannot really settle the existing operational costs and loan repayment, including uh, interest repayment. And so to talk more of investing in capital expenditure, infrastructure, now we are employing. I am telling you as of today, we borrow to augment what we even pay as salaries. And then now we're employing. I don't know the kind of math they're trying to do. I don't know whether they know that they are going through. They're trying to now accumulate problems for the next administration. I don't really know. So I don't know the rationale of the current massive employment in the state without looking at what the state is generating. So at the end of the day, you see us having salary areas which will be compounding our debt profile in the state because we will be unable to pay. So we have to look inwards and see, can we pay these workers and I don't know the kind of employment that you do. You have five, five months to live and you're trying to do employment. I don't know. I just don't know, honestly. So, but to me, I feel that employment is in bad faith. People will argue with me that we need more workforce. But what I say, tell me what they're coming to do that is not being done today. Economies are being driven by the private sector. You develop the private sector to create jobs. Government shouldn't, government should not be the, in fact, even at the, even at the federal level, that is what is happening. And as of today, I'm telling you, at the federal level, at the state level, it's the same pattern of employment. We don't have money and we are not even given a level playing ground for these unemployed youth to, 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 to test them and see those ones who are more competent that will help you to generate money. But you must know somebody to get a job. It is a very bad omen for our economy today. So it means that if you're a child of nobody, you don't know any politician, you can never get a job, no matter, no matter your potentials. You can never get a job in Nigeria. If a note is not given, you can have the first class or first class plus. You can never get a job until you know somebody. That trend is very, very, and I can only see that trend in the APC government. In those days, not really that you would not know anybody, but you find that I know a number of people who got job in CBN, who got job in FRS without knowing anybody because they were given a level playing ground for them to compete. Give your, show your potentials. Show your competence for the job. 
But now, competence is not regarded. And we don't have money to even pay the workers. And then we are giving jobs to those ones who will not think and create wealth for the economy. So I don't know. I don't know where we're going into. All right, all right. let's open the uh, phone lines. You can join this conversation. We've been having a chat with Barrister uh, Dagom Dan. He's a doctor, but not a medical doctor. He has a PhD. So I have to just uh, say that. Well, you can join the conversation zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven, or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine on Facebook at JFM Live and on Twitter at JFM Joss. There you have it. Let's take uh, this call. Hello. Hello, good evening, Pastor. Thank you for calling. Uh, tell us your name. Uh, Hello, good evening, Pastor. I can hear you. Tell us your name straight to the conversation. Pastor, can, can you hear me? I can hear you, sir. Hello? I can hear you. Okay. Uh, if you can hear me, it's fine. Um, my name is Chukudi, calling from Alheri, even though I cannot hear you. Uh, okay. But please, uh, I want to make this um, submission, please, uh, um, to your guest. Even though he has spoken very, very well. As a that he is. So, uh, you've listed up, uh, you listed um, some of the money borrowed by the formal administration um, of um, um, Senator Jonah Jan, the former governor of Plateau State. You also gave us the list of um, money or the amount of money collected by this present administration of um, um, uh, the, uh, the uh, governor of um, uh, Um After having given us all this, uh, uh, does it really affect you? Do you, do you really see it as something that is actually not normal for a, a state like Plato having the potential, having the, um, the, the, the quantity of um, mineral resources surrounding the land all over Plato, then going to borrow, the governors of the area is going to borrow money time after time, administration after administration again, does it really sound right? Or is there any, is there any idea you can bring in today? That is, that is going to elevate this uh, particular something and this particular issue suggesting that we must always borrow money to sustain and pay salaries. And then secondly, again, um, the second question again is like the first one. So you've listed a lot of problems and a lot of um, issues with this particular present administration. The question now is this. You will not give us solution. If eventually your party, the PDP, become the, take, take over the matter of leadership today, what are the way out? Please give us the way out of how to do things differently to get to our Christian that's my take. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we heard you loud and clear, Chukudi. Hello. 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 Good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello. Good evening. Yeah. Thank you for calling. We can hear you. My my name is Zira. I'm calling from Old Bukuru Park. Well, listening. Thanks for calling, son. Well, I want to commend our guest in the studio. There, he has spoken very well. We appreciate him. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you, sir. Well, I can't hear you, but nevertheless, sir, your guest has spoken very well. Well, he has he has proven to us that yes, PDP has done their best here in Plateau State. Understand that the only problem that I want to have with them is that since they cannot unify themselves in the federal level, that is where we have some issues with them because. Plato is a state of PDP. If not for the lapses that definitely we, 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 we miscalculated in 2015, APC wouldn't have this opportunity to rule this state. But it's quite unfortunate that we have come back to replace and to correct our mistakes. Hmm? I just pray that content not that we will definitely co- collect back our mandate. Hmm? The only thing I order is for them to go and collect their PDC 
so that we'll be able to vote these people that have put us into this mess. They have destabilized the system. They don't have the rule, uh, rule of law. Well, it's quite unfortunate. That's my little contribution. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. 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 Yes. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. Can you hear us? Yes, yes, I can, I can, I, I can tell you here if I have to turn on, I have to decrease the volume of my radio. Okay, okay, uh, so the engineer is working. Yes, but I can't I can hear you through my phone. All right, uh, 081-218-777777, Gilbert. Yeah, on Facebook, um, straight away, Omodan Matthew is saying, Good evening, P&G. APC government's budget will surely take Nigeria to the next levels of higher inflation, unemployment, and economic failures because APC government at state and federal level lack competence, character, and vision from the onset. Time to vote APC out is now. Obedience will move. Isaiah Party says the only thing that um, the budget will serve is offsetting personnel costs, federal civil service, and service debts, and more debts to cover the deficit. Sankira Marco says, good evening, Ponsak. These are Nigeria prayer and action, so get your PVC. Albert Akaya Dagza says there is nothing the present administration can do without, whether through its budget or its beautiful economic team can do to salvage the economy of the country, I will advise that they focus on not making things worse than it already is. Hapsin Manasseh says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. It's about the budget, but it's the people that the money will go to them to make economy of the country better. Ambassador Joachim Joseph Dun says, When Nigerians get it right by bringing in leaders with purpose and vision into government, then all will be well with our economy. The future is now. Hashtag Generation Next. Hashtag all right, good evening to you all and God bless you, sir. Thank you. Sunday Moses AVAV says, Good evening, JFM. The PDP risks losing the 2023 election on the plateau if the candidate and its chairman insist on supporting Atiku, uh, Atiku's quest to become president. Any true plateau man supporting? All right. Um, Beatrice Yusuf Gia says, The issue there is not the budget, but the people handling the budget. If a square peg is again put into a round hole, the story will still remain the same. I'm urging the team, teaming populace to be resilient and wise up in choosing the next crop of leaders. Godwin Sule says, Good evening, Sunset. Ponsak and Gilbert and the guests in the house. As for me, I don't think that this budget will change things before this administration runs off its tenure. Comrade Peter Panmon Bissard says, Absolutely no. The 2023 budget deficit will keep Nigerians to continue borrowing, and this would increase her debt profile, which can also be a debt trap. I suggest the cost of running governance should be reduced and more investment in capital projects to avoid huge borrowing. Sankira Marcos says, get your PVC and vote wisely. Mr. Kabri is kind and says, good evening, Ponsak yeah, well, and Gilbert. Yeah, hello, All right. Sorry, hello? hello? Hello, hello. Oh, well, listener, thanks for calling. I hope you can hear us now. I can get this. I'm hearing it. Okay, turn down the volume of your radio, please. Uh, let's say I'm not supposed to. Yeah, go, go ahead, sir. Okay, uh, I love the, 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 the program. And uh, one thing that's bothering me uh, in this PDP station, I don't know how you always 
against the APC government or and both the APC and the CDP are one, I believe. We are waiting to do away with them. Invite other other parties. Invite us. Invite my 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 candidate so that you can be able to hear from him. Stop focusing on PDP. APC. I didn't understand this session. This session they are biased. I'm telling you. Hello. Okay. So, thank you for the criticism. Uh, what is life without criticism, Gilbert? Mm-hmm. It's going to be boring. Really. Sure, sure. Hello. Hello. Okay. Uh, don't know what happened. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven. Or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Hello. Very good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Thank you very much, Pastor. Great comrade, I don't want Solomon. I'm calling from Angkor Kuban. Good evening. Well, listening. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Uh, your guests have spoken very, very well. At least he has spoken mind of reasonable people on the plateau. You know, uh, every right-thinking human being on the plateau should be able to know and to say it very blunt that this present administration have taken us back to 90 on the plateau. They have taken us back to 90. So, you know, I don't know whether it's the spirit of ATC, or I don't know whether some ATC governors try in their state, of course, people like Zulu. But our own here, I don't know whether he, he knows his responsibility, whether he knows he is people's mandate, and people are his mandate too. There is nothing to show. I don't I don't know what Governor Lalo will show to plateau people before he's dead, before he's still alive. In the nearest months, Lalong will step up, well, he said he will uh, allow, and somebody will take over. What is he thinking? And I don't know his advisors. You can see humongous loans and borrowing that this man has borrowed for this, uh, this uh, on the plateau. And I actually don't know who is coming to remit, who is coming to pay. I, I'm waiting to hear all of the government plans to promise us that they are coming to investigate this government on a very serious matter. They should promise us, if not, they leave, they're not coming to do anything. I, I would like to, to, to appreciate uh, the, 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 the government leader of PDP, uh, Barisa Kale Mufang, for uh, by indication, simply means that he's coming to operate or run an inclusive government. They bring a woman as his deputy. And I want to urge women to at least mobilize themselves to support this woman. Women have been crying that they have, they have been left behind. So they have not been carried along though Caleb Mufang have put on his best to ensure that he brings these people. He should rally around this woman. May God rescue us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, okay, after this, uh, then the guest will give his final response. Hello. Hello. Thank you for calling. Good evening. I am Ezra Patrick from Sydney. We're listening. Uh, well, I appreciate your guest for he has spoken well. But sir, I want to correct. I want to say something. Just as Jesus said, like APC is a failed government. Like group of incompetent leaders, they are incompetent. Well, when you are incompetent, they will move you. They will they will take you out of that place. So Lalong, we don't know what Lalong is doing. So we pray that God will salvage our situation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, Dr. Dan, please go ahead and give your response. Okay. Um, I think um, most of the 
comments were more or, more or less uh, contributions rather than questions. But I think someone asked uh, a question that uh, what are the solutions to the problems I've highlighted? I think basically uh, the main thing I said we don't have leadership on, uh, on the plateau and the solution is to change the government and bring in someone who is going to give us the needed leadership. Uh, so that is my take on that. Uh, and then definitely we have to look inwards, probably if this government is not looking inwards, to see how we can uh, provide the enabling environment for the private sector. Economies globally cannot grow without giving the enabling environment for the private sector. And I'm happy that my candidate is a private sector player, that I believe that he will be able to do that when he gets the needed data and the needed information that he can use to intervene in the economy. Um, you know, uh, we, are, we, are, we are seriously running uh, an economy uh, that is characterized with serious um, debt risk that can inhibit the future government. And uh, any government that is coming in, in, in May this year must start thinking now. And, uh, you know, Mutfang's uh, uh, campaign, as they just saying, that the time is now. So my advice to even him is that uh, let him start planning how to solve these problems I've enumerated so far. If not, he can spend one, two years trying to understand the problems. So what he should even do now is to understand the financial, the public finance problems of Plateau State in which it is, uh, you know, those problems are enormous and they are open and I've just said them, uh, brought them out. Some of the statistics I, 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 I said them here are statistics from the audited account of the states. I did not create those statistics. Mm. So you see them, they're there from the audited accounts of the audited report of the state government. Some are from an external agency like the budget, so I did not create those statistics. Uh, so if at all, uh, as a 2021, for the whole year 2021, out of what we've generated as a revenue, 105 billion, we spent 31 billion in paying loans and servicing the loans. So I don't know where we're going to. So what we even have is not enough to take care of our recorded expenditure. Talking about personnel costs, Overhead and service-wise uh, service votes. So left alone, having funds for infrastructure, and that is why he's busy borrowing to make sure he leaves something uh, like the uh, flyover that he's trying to leave so that uh, he will leave something. But if not, there's no money uh, to really do those things. And for you people that are in the private sector, and myself too, I'm in the private sector because I lecture at Anna University, which is a... Which is a a, a, a private university, what do I have to benefit from government? If you're taking uh, the chunk of your budget to, to pay salaries and travel abroad or travel to Abuja, what do I have to benefit from the government? It's from the infrastructure. Mm. And if we have such an infrastructure deficit, I cannot benefit anything from the government. So I think we have to look at the larger population, the chunk of the population that are in the private sector and make sure that the private sector thrives. Let's make, sure, let's make sure that those ones, private sector players, their businesses thrive, they're able to employ more people, and the economy will continue growing that way. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, Thank Dr. Dagon Dang. Thank you very much. Gilbert, your final word. Yeah, always a delight speaking with Dr. Dagon Dang. Yeah. Um, I think my parting shot will be that um, every citizen has got to understand it is the facts that lead us closer to the truth and nothing more. Um, on that note, good evening. Well, my name is Ponsak Fanab. The news will come your way. Top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Do have a good evening. Bye now. <laughs>